It's not just about mastering technology. It's not just about brand or messaging. It's not just about making more money. It's about showing up in a big way so your people can find you. This is about bringing your most wild and authentic self into the hustle and grind. Welcome to Tactical Magic, a business strategies podcast for the warrior goddess entrepreneur. Everyone, welcome back to Tactical Magic. This is Molly Mandelberg, your host, and I have another amazing person on the line with me today, a uh, fellow writer and creator. Johnny Mazako is a writer, book coach, and speaker, aka word witch, book diviner, and story alchemist. She's the creator of the Bring Your Book to Life program and the Writing Through Your Body method. Her passion and purpose in life is to heal the world through story whether it's the stories she writes and tells or the stories she helps others write and tell. When Johnny isn't out hiking to a waterfall, snowshoeing the beautiful Oregon backcountry, or dancing, she's home reading, pouring herself into her business, and binging TV shows and movies with Iris, her feline familiar by her side. Welcome to the show, Johnny. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Yeah, I just want to acknowledge you because we met at a networking event, I think about a month ago, and you, in the networking group, we were challenged to do something bold and take a imperfect action for our business. And you immediately walked over to me and told me you wanted to be on my podcast. And I just felt like that was, number one, so amazingly audacious. And number two, something that people should know, it can be as simple as that reaching for more and getting your message out to the world and doing the imperfect action over perfect inaction thing can be as simple as just walking up to someone and saying, Hey, I want to do something with you. I want to work with you or collaborate with you. And I just love that you did that. And I wanted people to know that that's possible. I think we overcomplicate life sometimes and it can be as simple as just asking for what you freaking want. So I really respect that about you and I'm glad to have you on the show today. So welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. And tell us a little bit more about, you know, I, I mean, it's hard to say how you became a writer. I think most of us are born writers, but um, how did you get into the business of helping people bring their books to life? And, you know, wh- what lights you up about that? Yeah, well, yeah, you're right. I can say I've been writing all my life. I mean, when I was a little girl, I would sit in my room. I much rather preferred sitting in my bedroom and writing stories and going outside and I used to write little books and or I would write plays or stories of some kind that I would take to school and uh, turn them into plays I guess I would cast people and direct them and we would do a little play during recess and so I've always been fascinated with story started reading at a very very young age and just have always really had story in my blood I guess and always had this fantasy when I was a kid that I would grow up to be a writer and a teacher and without consciously really doing that I mean I took many paths to get where I am but that's what I'm doing now so it's kind of fun to look back and think about those fantasies I had and see how they just sort of um, you know I unwittingly kind of made them happen and I fancied myself as a novelist, which has yet to happen, um, but, you know, I'm still here, so I uh, I do have a novel in the works. It's been in the works forever, and, you know, I've been teaching college students how to write for a couple of decades now, and I just, that is one thing that really lights me up. I just, I love the process of helping people 
get words on the page in any kind of form. And, you know, there's a lot of fear around doing that, I've found with people. And so I get a lot of satisfaction out of helping people get beyond those fears or there's doubts. Um, and they come from all different sources, I think. And just due to a series of circumstances and events, probably five years ago, I think it was, I decided to um, start working for myself and take what I've been doing in the classroom out into the world. And, you know, then it's just sort of evolved into helping people write books. It started out as workshops. And then I just started meeting people that said, I have this book idea and I don't know how to start it. And I came to realize that I have this intuitive way of just kind of seeing it all come together in my mind and I can help people break it down and figure out how to make it happen. So Awesome. I love that. Yeah, I wrote a novel that has yet to be published too. I like to fancy myself a novelist as well. Um, and I found that as I was writing that over the course of five years, there were things I didn't realize, like setups that I didn't realize hadn't been paid off, that I naturally organically came to the end point of that balancing act in the storyline, like something had needed to come to fruition or completion, and some part of me knew it and did it without me having to consciously say, oh, I need to make sure I pay off that one setup. So there is some like higher stuff at play when we go into storytelling and especially when we go into the long form of an actual book, whether it's memoir, nonfiction, fiction. Um, so I get that and I love that. And that's one of the most fun things to realize, I think, is that this book is coming from somewhere else that actually knows what it's doing and we don't have to figure it all out. And when we spoke a few weeks ago, you had mentioned that you have this process of sort of teasing the story out so that it comes to life the way that it's meant to. And I, I wonder if you'd share a little bit more about that process with us. Yeah, so it's called Writing Through the Body. And I do, first I wanna say I love what you just said. There is, uh, it's either a higher power, the divine, or a deeper knowing within us that just knows. Yeah. And that's one of the things I like to help people access um, because we do all know. And so the way writing through the body works, um, it's, it's a method that's based on the seven chakras of the body. And it's character focused because, you know, a lot of times people say, well, we have to have conflict to have a story. And it's true, but we can't have conflict until we have people involved, right? So for me, it always, always comes back to the people or the characters. And, you know, and that's whether we're talking about um, fiction, memoir, nonfiction, because when I help people with nonfiction books, I also use the, the term character. I, um, I just prefer using that term. And it applies to all, all three in, in different ways. So writing through the body is, as I said, based on the seven main chakras of the body. And we just, I take people first through a step-by-step -step process of really getting to know their protagonist. Um, and so in memoir and fiction, you know, it's obvious who that might be with nonfiction books. And generally, the nonfiction books I help people write are in the self-help business realm that weaves in the author's personal story. Um, and for me, that really is an essential piece. There has to always be a story component. Mm -hmm. And in the self-help nonfiction 
book, the character or, pro or protagonist becomes the ideal reader. So it's a lot like, um, oh, like identifying your ideal client. Mm -hmm. And so I take people through that process. And so that's the first step when I work with anyone. And then it kind of diverges from there. But I think basically the way <clears throat> writing through the body can be described is if you can envision a Venn diagram, and in the top left circle is the esoteric, and so that is the chakra, the ancient chakra system. And by understanding it, we can really comprehend humanity and the human condition on a much deeper level. And so that greatly informs the choices we make about the characters. Um, another character in the self-help business realm book that I like to do uh, work with clients on is the writer themselves, right? So in this process of using writing through the body, not only do we get to understand our fictional characters, the people in our lives, if it's memoir, um, or ideal reader, we also gain a deeper understanding of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so it really has this multi-level effect, and it affects the writing and the writer. And then in the right upper circle of the Venn diagram, if you can imagine it saying creative, and that is the craft and practice of writing. And so I really like to work with people on, you know, approaching their writing as a practice, because oftentimes people say one of the reasons they don't write is they don't have time and they wait for inspiration and they get writer's block. And I think those are all mindset issues. Yeah. Um, I just, I want to speak to that real quick, which I think you're going to go to also. It's just like any other activity. If you're waiting for the inspiration to go for a walk or go to the gym, but you haven't done it in years, it's going to be harder than if you did it a little bit every day. Like right. if, you, if you don't stretch before you go for a run, it's going to be physically more challenging. So if you don't stretch the writing muscle before you sit down and try to be inspired and write something awesome, then that muscle is atrophied. It's not as useful to you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it is about making it a practice, making it regular, you know, and for me right now, to be honest, I can only write. I write other days a week than this one day, but Fridays are my deemed writing days, and I don't let anything else. I might bookend meetings on either end of the day, but I don't let anything else interfere with that day. Uh, then when I can find other time, I do it. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really is about, and what I do is help people find time and bank time. I view it as money in some ways. So there are ways to find time all throughout our days and, you know, conflate things and sandwich them together so that we can actually find more time. And, you know, the idea of having writer's block, I, I don't get it and I don't believe in it. And, you know, I think sometimes people think I'm being insensitive <laughs> when I say that it, it's not a real thing. But, you know, and I've just always been able to sit down and write when I wanted to. And I'm really grateful for that. I understand. I do think people get stuck, but I don't think writer's block is a thing. I think there are other things in their way. And I think it's Seth Godin that says there is no such thing. Like there's no other profession that has a block, like plumber's block, whatever. 
And, you know, we wouldn't want to even imagine that our doctor might have doctor's block or surgery block, right? If right. we were on the table. So it almost is this thing, I think it's it's kind of a a negative romanticization about writing. About the struggle of it, yeah, the emotional yeah. turmoil and, of it. And I feel like inspiration is deeply woven into that. I think a lot of people think, you know, you, the angels sing and your something is bestowed upon you and then you can write and it's just not that way I mean it's just like you said any other activity you just you have to work the muscle and make the time to do it if you want to do it and um, so for me that is a part of writing through the body when I work with people is helping them you know locate those places within them to open them up which also helps with the practice and making it a regular thing in their life. And then another piece of that creative circle is um, the craft. And so once somebody starts getting enough on the page and things are really cooking, then, you know, when it's the right time, because I don't want to interfere with somebody's forward movement, then we start talking about the craft of writing, right? So for fiction, that might be how to write a scene or how to write dialogue or that kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, if need be, I get down to the kind of the nuts and bolts, like syntax and all of that. So that's in that second circle. Then the bottom circle, I put the word academic on that because this is where I bring my academic um, training in. So I was trained in argumentation and rhetoric. Mm. And so that is so basically what I have historically done on the col with college students when I teach them to write is how to write academic arguments and which are based on the Socratic method of inquiry, right? And so, like I always my joke is that before Simon Sinek was telling us to ask why, Socrates was doing that, and <laughs> Socrates based this method of inquiry on questions. And he believed to get to the real truths that concerned humanity, um, that we had to just continue to ask questions. And a very important question is why. And so that's another thing I do with my clients. I don't view myself as a dispenser of knowledge or someone who tells them what to do. I just ask a lot of questions, and I help them find that wisdom that they already have inside them. And so that's basically how writing through the body works. I mean, there's a little more to it, but that's, that's I think, the best description of it. Um, and I developed it, like I said, about five years ago when I was in this position of, you know, I started to panic when my work life changed and then decided, okay, this is your chance to work for yourself. And that's when I started creating writing through the body and, you know, tried it out in workshops first and found that it really is effective. And then it's just kind of evolved to what yeah. it is today. Mm -hmm. I love it. So it sounds like it's about getting clear on who you're writing about and for what the story is there of the character evolution. And then yeah. 
redefining your story about when you can write and how you can write and how much you can write. And I actually just wanted to pinpoint in there what you said about giving yourself Fridays, like whether that's one hour a day or whether that's one whole day of the week or whatever the case may be. I think when you make an appointment with yourself like that to honor your writing, to honor your craft, honor your project, that it almost creates an opening for that muse or that download to show up. It's like you're making an appointment with your inspiration, your creative flow zone, that if you're going to sit down and sit there, whether or not a word goes onto the page, you're committed to being there for your craft, for your project, that something else lines up and plays with you in that way. I find that to be true. Um, So I love that you do that. And then the next stage is really once you've gotten that flow open and you know who it is you're talking about and what it is you're trying to say, then how can you make that as juicy and dynamic and potent as possible through questions through craft um i love it that sounds like a really awesome system and i do just want to say one thing because i am a writer and i um my mother's a writer for 40 years and she teaches writing as well that i think there is a flow to that creative process and that's something that isn't honored in our society is that sometimes there's an ebb and flow there's the brahma stage of inspiration that lightning strike of creativity and then sometimes we're in vishnu which is like we're plodding plodding along we're still creating we're working towards the goal but we're not super fired up from the inspiration anymore and then there is a time where we're in shiva and shiva is when we can't create anymore and i think people get confused and think that it's writer's block when really they've been pushing themselves so hard, they haven't given themselves a rest. So I think what's amazing is you give yourself that day Friday where you're focusing on your writing and you give yourself the spaciousness between those days that you get to reset naturally. So when you come back to your writing, you can really show up and you can be there with it. You can be present to it and allow it to come through you. But I think some people think they need to go, go, go every single day and that they can expect that of themselves. And whether or not it's writer block, writer's block it might just be that you're not in you're not giving yourself enough time to reset so that you can be creative and in flow again Um, yeah yeah I completely agree with you it is it is a process there's this ebb and flow give and take to it all and I like to use the analogy of sourdough starter Mm -hmm. Um, when I give talks I talk about this and so I feel like the creative process is very much like the way sourdough starter works because, you know, it, so sourdough starter is basically flour, water, and yeast, and it sits on our counter or in the fridge. And first of all, to keep it alive, we have to keep adding to it because it becomes this thing that is alive and it grows on itself. And which to me is very much what creative thoughts are. And Um, you know, we keep it healthy by adding to it, but then another way we keep it healthy is by extracting from it. And then we take it, a piece of it out and we create something new with it. So you take a piece of the sourdough starter out, you make it a whole loaf of bread with it. Well, if it's not tended to, if it's not fed, and if you just let it go and you don't remove from it, it will keep growing in the space it's in. And, and then bad things happen. And, (laughs) Like it can rot and it can die and it can implode and it can explode. I mean, people have even had their sourdough starter explode all over their kitchen. <laughs> and 
so I feel like that's what our creativity is within us. And, and I do believe, you know, I just gave a talk the other day about this. And I was saying that I really believe when we have this compulsion to write or to express ourselves, it's our life force wanting to come out. And I think when we suppress it or hold it back or keep it to ourselves, it's very much like that sourdough starter. And I think it's, it goes in other places within us. Yeah. And I sincerely believe it can create illness. It can on all levels, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. And so I think, you know, by honoring our life force and letting that come out in the way it wants to be expressed is, you know, I always tell my clients this, that it's in my mind, it's one of the greatest acts of self-love that we can express and show. And and so I really do think that writing your book is an act of self-love and honoring your desire to create. Um, so, yeah, it is. It is that flow, like you said. It's 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 um, you know, knowing that there is a flow to the creative process. And like you know, I discovered years ago that when I um, am writing and the flow is happening that happening naturally, when I can trust that process, then I can trust life. And it just one feeds the other for me. Mm -hmm. I'm curious what you think. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are either thinking, well, I've never wanted to write a book or like, oh, my God, I don't think I'll ever write my book. Or I know I have a book in me and I don't know where to begin. I'm curious if you have any insights on, well, number one, how does someone know it's time to start and where could they begin? If they're not ready to commit to the whole book, what's a good place for them to just start? Yeah, so I I meet a lot of people just in networking my day-to-day life that, you, you know, when they find out what I do, they just say, oh, I have this book idea. I've had it for five, ten years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so one thing is the first place I tell everybody they can start is with the character. And so if you have a novel idea or a memoir that you want to write, I always tell people, start with the people first and just make an exhaustive list of all the people that you know belong in that story. Even if they seem minor, uh, make a list. And then the next thing is to write their histories or their backstories because that's where we can get a lot of good information about them. And, you know, you can be as extensive or not as you want to be. But the more, the act of just doing that will get you in the writing mode. And I really recommend, you know, oftentimes that people write by hand because I think different things happen in our brain when we do that. I go back and forth between by hand and the keyboard and we all just have to determine our own process. But getting those backstories written and getting some kind of flow going in your mind about who they are, who those people are, is the best place to start. And with a nonfiction self-help business book, it's with your ideal reader. And so, you know, I always tell people, make an exhaustive list of everything you know about that person and give them a name, a face, a physical appearance, and really get deep into the things that make them happy and sad, what they're afraid of, um, their deepest desire, their biggest secret that they don't want anyone to know. And, you know, Think about that, again, write that down on paper, and then think about what their life may have been like up to this point, right? Because it's one thing to know 
where they are at this point in time and what's going to force them to maybe pick up your book and want to buy it. Um, it's then essential to understand what got them to this point, right? Because a lot of that information is going to inform the contents of the book. And I look at a book like that as just the answer to your ideal reader's big question, right? And honestly, I think that's true for any book. I mean, I think when someone picks up a novel, you know, and this is my, my academic argumentative writing um, background coming into play, but I believe everything in written form makes an argument of some kind, you know, even novels, yeah. poems, whatever. Yeah, it uh, takes a stand or it has a perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, in answer to your question, yeah, starting with the people is the best place to start and just start writing about them. Mm -hmm. um, so much will come out of that. Yeah. I'm glad I asked this question because I'm literally a few days away from digging into full-time writing my new book that I've been oh. brewing for years and letting little bits of it out of me here and there. But to, yeah, I'm about to go on a writing retreat with my mother crossing the Atlantic and getting this book out of me. So I'm glad I asked you that question. It definitely just got my brain and my life force energy going in all new different directions. So yeah. Um, so what kinds of people do you most love to work with? Who is your ideal book person, book, book desiring writer? Yeah, well, I, let's see, how do I answer that? I recently decided to niche down some. I'm still more than happy to work with novelists and memoirs. Those kinds of books, especially novels, take a lot longer to write. Mm -hmm. And so anybody that wants to do that needs to know that they're going to be in it for the long haul. And if they want to work with me, it's going to be over a pretty lengthy period of time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think if someone has, first of all, someone who has the time, feels they have the time or is willing to restructure their life, uh, I'm really only interested in working with people who will do it. Who will make right? time for the work, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if they don't see the time now, I always tell people, well, let's, you know, let's do, I do complimentary consultations and I just tell them, let's, let's meet and talk about how we can find the time. And then if they're willing to make some changes, it's like working with any coach, right? If you want to accomplish something that you haven't been able to accomplish, it means you're going to have to make some changes. So that's my first thing is either you have the time or you're willing to figure out how to create it. And, you know, I, I said I, I'm niching down some and I'm really, just for sole marketing purposes, I'm really focusing on the solopreneur, the entrepreneur, business owner who has a method, process, or program that can be made into a book. Um, because, you know, having a book these days especially if you are a speaker, you want to be a speaker, or you want to position yourself as an influencer or an expert, having a book is kind of a necessity. So I'm really interested in working with those folks. And, you know, that process, if somebody's very dedicated, they can get a book in six months. If they're very dedicated and they do what I ask them to do, they can get a book in six months. Um, and so I'm really interested in, in helping people see that return on investment, you know, that they make mm -hmm. with their time and money. Um, 
Do you recommend people self-publish? Are you helping them navigate the agent querying process? Like, how does that generally work once once you've completed a project with someone? Yeah, well, it's something we talk about in the beginning, and oftentimes people just don't know. And I explain to them kind of the the uh, I guess the differences between traditional and self. Um, and oftentimes people don't know what they want to do. And so what I usually do is we get started and I just keep checking in with them. You know, one of the big differences with going traditional is like you said, finding an agent mm -hmm. and one of the expectations is with traditional publishing that if you have a nonfiction book, you will submit a proposal rather than the book. And you know, so right now I have to say all the people I'm working with, they all want know that they want to self-publish. So it hasn't been anything to deal with. But, you know, if someone's unsure, then what I, my approach is then helping them get the first three chapters really solid. Because when submitting a proposal, also agents and publishers generally want to see three chapters from the book. And so I feel like, all right, let's get to the first three chapter point, see what you're thinking, and then we'll go from there. Mm -hmm. So, um, and my, my, you know, I, at this point, I do not provide that service of helping people find agents, but one of my goals is I do have someone that I know and very well and have great deal of respect for her and her business and it's one thing that she does. And so what I'm doing right now is creating a stable of really, um, you know, expert people who can help people do those things, like find an agent and, yeah. um, you know, provide all sorts of editorial services and publishing services and that kind of thing so that I can at least guide people through this process and not just, you know, leave them hanging at the end of a first draft. Right. But at least they've gotten their book created. And I just want to mention, Johnny and I are both from Portland. There's amazing, an amazing uh, writers conference that happens every summer called Willamette Writers Writers Conference. My mother used to be the president of that organization for about 18 years. And there's opportunities, there are conferences like this all over the world, and, and definitely all over this country, that you can actually go and you can pitch your book to agents live and in person. Um, that might not be the route for everyone. And I know that self-publishing is becoming more and more uh, common and easy and people are having you know Amazon bestsellers like clockwork because of uh, the way that they're launching their books and the systems that are available to people these in this day and age so there's lots of different ways to go about that but number one is you have to have a project to sell and publish and create in the first place unless you're going the nonfiction route in which case you might choose to get an agent just off of proposal and then work on the book later but um, I think what you're offering to people as to be this sort of fairy godmother, letting their magic come to life and come into the physical form is something really, really amazing and something that I personally have considered investing in myself, even though I feel like I'm a pretty confident writer and I write all the time as it is, um, that having guidance and support and accountability when you're letting a project this big come to life is just that much more certain that you're going to complete it and that you're going to make something worth reading. So um, I'm honoring you, Johnny, in creating this for people as a support system and as a methodology and as a way 
to let the light come to life. Um, and I'm wondering, do you want to share any links or anything that people can go to or any last things you want to say to people before we go? Yeah, I'm, first of all, yes. Uh, I, I want to say you use the word magic, and that's the thing that drew me to you and had and compelled me to come over and ask you to be on your podcast. Uh, yeah. I love the name of your podcast, and magic is a word that I use a lot. Um, and when I use the word magic, it's not about um, – you know, kind of fluffy fairy dust kind of magic. It's like the hard alchemy of turning metal into gold, right? Mm -hmm. And to me, that's what writing is. And so, and that's what I love helping people do. And the links I can, that come to mind right now are, so my website, it's johnnymazako.com and it's spelled J-O-H-N-N-I-E-M-A-Z-Z occo.com and then you can look for me on facebook instagram twitter and linkedin just search my name and you'll find me awesome and we will put the link to her website in the description of this podcast episode so you can just click right over to it if you like awesome well thank you so much for asking me to be on this podcast johnny i feel like i've learned some things i know that other people definitely will too and I feel even more excited and inspired to go out and write my next book. So thank you for being here. And I hope you all got a lot out of this. Don't forget to click subscribe and like this episode. Leave a comment, rate, review if you are into it. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Tactical Magic. To find out more, please visit our website, wildheartsriseup.com. Be sure to take a second and subscribe to the show and come back next week for another edition of Tactical Magic.